0: Hi, this is Ricardo, pastor of Journey Church Ventura. Thanks for taking the time to listen to our podcast. Hope you're having a great week. We hope it's life-giving, and life-changing. Take care. Well, we've been having a good experience kind of setting the tone for what Journey Church Ventura is all about. And we've been taking the time to talk uh, at the beginning of this year in a series called This is Journey. And uh, the whole idea of, of this series is to help us understand who we are as a church, where we're going as a church, and what we uh, have expectations as a church. And so uh, we talked about our passion. We talked about the, to allow our passion to reach people who do not know Jesus and, and allow that passion to interrupt our lives, allow that passion to interrupt our schedules, allow that passion to cause us to be hindered, the Bible says, uh, from coming to you, uh, the, Paul, uh, the, the Apostle Paul said. He said, I'm I'm willing to let my life be interrupted or hindered from going to where I'm comfortable so that I can do something necessary and essential. And so we are passionate about reaching people who do not know uh, Christ as their Savior. Our mission very clearly says that. It says, Journey Church Ventura exists to enter into the journeys of those who have yet to discover God's love, grace, and forgiveness while growing together in a relationship with Jesus Christ. That just is a complete alignment with what is called the Great Commission that says go into all the world and and preach the gospel, tell people about Jesus and then teach them to obey everything I've commanded. So we grow and we go together, it's powerful. We talked about our strategy. So we have our passion, we have our our mission, and we have our strategies. The strategy is how we do church, how we will function as a church. And we've talked in the last two weeks, we talked about first we meet. We meet together for inspiration. That's what this weekend is all about. That's what Sundays are all about, It's moments of inspiration where we can gather and go, yes, let's go do this, let's, let's get in it together. And I'm very, very excited about that. And so we're continuing to grow in our inspiration on the weekend. So we meet for inspiration. We model our lives after the likeness and life of Jesus Christ. And so we're doing everything we can to become more like Jesus. We'll talk a little bit more about that today as we talk about um, mingle. But we, we, we model our lives. We, we are, the, the model that we have in front of us is to be like Christ. Is that good? Good. It's a daunting task. Um, it's, it's a scary task, but there's nobody that I would much uh, that I would rather be like than Jesus. And so we want to be like Jesus. And today, we're going to talk about we mingle we mingle. And I know that sounds like a crazy word, but it's, it's a really good word. Our, our thought has been this throughout the entire series of This is Journey. Journey Church Ventura is a church who is unapologetically committed to the heartbeat of the biblical mission of reaching people who have yet to experience the love, grace, and forgiveness of Jesus while to, growing together in a relationship with Jesus Christ. That's the, the, the running thought through the whole. That will, that's our mission, that's our passion, that's everything that we're about. And the way we're gonna do that is to meet, model, mingle. Does anybody know the fourth word? Merge, good job, good job. Next week we'll have tent cards here. And everybody gets a tent card that you're gonna take home and you can put it on your desk, you can put it on your, your uh, dinner table, you can put it on your, in your car, you can put it wherever. It might be best to help you remember what Journey Church Ventura is all about so have you ever been a part of a group that's not a good group have you have you done that I mean there there are qualities of a group because when we talk about mingle we're talk, we're talking about gathering together with other people and hanging out with them to live life live and learn uh together and so when we talk about that, it, it gets scary. Because I've heard descriptions of groups like, you need to be a part of a group because you'll be held accountable. And people, and, and I love that word accountability. I really do. I love that word. But it's scary when you think, I'm going to go get together with some strangers, and they're going to hold me accountable. I, you know, that sounds a little scary. And so... Uh, what, what we need to do is debunk that idea, okay? It's not about getting together with strangers, um, although you will likely have some strange people in your group, okay? If you hang out with your family, you're probably hanging out with somebody strange. If you hang out with me, you're hanging out with somebody strange. Um, and so uh, bad, bad groups uh, often will consist of, of people who guilt you. They'll guilt you into things. You don't want to be a part of a group that's always guilting you. Um, and, and saying, you know, wow, you, you, you're just not living. They're, they're just, they, they guilt you and make you feel bad about your lifestyle or, or who you are. They're bullies. Um, they isolate. Bad groups isolate people. Instead of allowing the group to be open, they say, it's us four and no more. And when it gets to that point, then it's like, it's like, it's like the, the uh, jealous boyfriend that doesn't want the girlfriend to have any guy friends because it's control, it's isolation, it's not good. It, uh, it elevates um, good or, or uh, popularity rather than character. Bad groups elevate popularity rather than character. Uh, bad groups, believe it or not, stunt growth. They keep people from growing, because if you grow, you might become better than me. You might become more mature than I am. You, it, and so bad groups tend to, keep people down rather than rules rather or rather than relate they have rules rather than relationship they have rules and um, uh, bad groups will always run by rules rather than uh, relationship Uh, another bad group characteristic is uniformity rather than unity everybody has to look the same be the same act the same listen the same you know everything's the same and uh, that would be a big challenge for me Because I'm only 5'9", and if I was in Dominic's group, I could never be as tall as he is. I could never do that. And so I'm never going to be Dominic, therefore um, uniformity doesn't work. And and he wears a beanie really well. And bad groups limit freedom. So you don't want to be a part of a bad group, and bad groups aren't going to be a part of Journey Church Ventura, we're going to have groups that are quality, that are full of character, that are full of depth, that are full of uh, excitement, energy, that, that want you to grow, want you to expand your horizons, all those kinds of things. That's what groups are going to be. And that's why we want to mingle, to live and learn together. That's what we are about. So the strategy at Journey Church Ventura, remember this is how we do church. If somebody comes up to you and says, how does Journey Church do church, or what do they do at at Journey Church? Well, they meet on Sundays. They uh, model their lives and life after the likeness of Jesus Christ, and they uh, mingle. They get together in in small groups, and they, they hang out together, and this is what it looks like. This is the ideal picture of the church. The ideal picture of the church is unity. Look at your neighbor and say, I'm unified with you. Okay, that's a little awkward because you're not quite sure what that means yet. But we're going to find out. The picture of community is this idea in Ephesians chapter 4, verses 1 through 16. We're going to take a quick look at those and find out what the picture of unity or a community looks like. Because that's really what mingling is. It's creating community so that we, we, we help grow, we help each other learn, we live life together. We experience life together. Um, if you're in a, a young couples group, you're gonna watch uh, babies come into the world and they're gonna continue to confuse and co- create chaos in the group and it's gonna be amazing. And uh, if you've ever had kids in groups, uh, it's, it's awesome, it's fun. If maybe uh, you're in, in your age level group, whatever age level you're in and you, you're experiencing life together and helping each other through those each phase of life that you go through, Um, all those kinds of things. So this is the picture of community that Ephesians um, talks about. So in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 1, now the context of what's happening here is that Paul wrote to the church of Ephesians. And what he did in the first three chapters is he really gave them some ground-forming doctrine or belief system or worldview that would help them understand their relationship with Christ, okay? And so they, they... now he's going into another phase of okay I've given you good teaching on doctrine you understand what you're doing and what you who you're serving now it's important to understand how that plays out in life. And so and he's talking to the church as a community a group of people who mingle together. And he says this, as a prisoner for the Lord then, I urge you to live a life worthy of the calling you have received. Be completely humble and gentle be patient, bearing with one another in love. He starts this out by giving the characteristics of what a a person would look like in a good group. These are the qualities of a person who is in a good group or a good person who's in a group, okay? And what we want to do is have these good people in a group. And you don't have to be perfect, But these are the characteristics of people in a good group. First, they're called. He says, live a life worthy of the calling. Calling implies that we belong to something. You have a purpose. You have a meaning. You have a value. This is where I think uh, value is learned more in groups than it is in a large group setting. When you're in a group and you have a place in that group that serves each other and encourages each other, you're always gonna find in a group, and this never fails. There's always the person that's the organizer, the administrator, the person who goes, "Um, what are we gonna do next week? Who's gonna bring snacks? What are we gonna talk about? Who's got the, uh, what curriculum are we gonna do? Not this session, but the next session. That's the administrator. The other person is that, that, that warm, welcoming, loving person. I really don't care what we study. I just want everybody to feel loved. Right? Right? And maybe you have in your group, you have that person that just loves to go really deep and they just want to ask all the little nitty-gritty questions. Like, what does the mean? You know, what is, if, if the says it in scripture, what, is, is there a Greek meaning to the? And, and that person will drive the other people kind of crazy sometimes. But sometimes it's really good to ask those questions and go deeper and, and, and look at every word and, and have that perspective. There's all these different people. There's all these different giftings worthy of the calling. If you're called, which you are, if you're a believer in Jesus, you are called to live a life worthy of the calling that you have been given. You have gifts, you have talents, you have abilities, and you'll bring them to light in a group setting. You'll bring them to light. Secondly, it says be humble. Humility is that, is that grace that when you know you have it, you've lost it. Humility is hum, hum, being humble. But once you say, I love my humility, You've lost it. <laughs> it's, it's that one thing that, that people are uh, always serving. People are always willing to, to give up their seat, those kinds of things. And, and sometimes those things come naturally to people. And those are the, the humble people. And we all deal with pride. We all deal with the, the stuff that's on the other side of humility. Um, but it's cool when you, when you start seeing that, that characteristic come out. And it's really cool when a group is all humble because it's like, no, you take the seat. No, you take this seat. No, you take the seat. And then somebody will never sit there because they're so humble. Um, <clears throat> it says, be humble and gentle. Meekness, this is the word, the literal word is meekness. It's the idea of strength under control. It's not like I'm, I'm, a, I'm a, a carpet and you can walk on me. It's actually a person who has a lot of strength, but it's under control. It's a gentle, working out, of uh, serving people be patient this this word is another word called long-tempered that you don't get angry fast that you're, you're you have patience and you're willing to kind of endure with people and there are people that you have to endure with you know look at your neighbor and say i love enduring with you that's a nice way of saying i i love putting up with you okay says in the very end of that verse, bearing with one another in love. This is simply having, uh, willing to carry the burdens of others. And this is the beautiful thing about mingling with others is that uh, we don't have to do life alone. We don't have to go through events in life alone. We don't have to go through the, the, the experience of, of pain or agony or uh, anything that you may go through it's the beauty of understanding that we get to share as we mingle together we get to share life together and carry one another on through life's journeys powerful powerful so those are the qualities in 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 those verses and it continues on to say make every effort to keep the unity of the spirit through the bond of peace there is one body and one spirit just as you were called to one hope When you were called, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is over all and through all and in all. It's a really powerful passage of scripture that just focuses purely on the idea that there is just one thing that we're all about and it's God. There's one thing that pulls us together and it's just the glue that that Jesus makes in all of us. It's crazy how you can go across the world. And you can say, I'm a Christian, and all of a sudden you have this big family. That's what this is all about. That's what this is all about is, is make every effort, eagerly maintain the unity of the spirit. This is a powerful concept. It it should be the effort of everybody in the body of Christ to do everything to protect the unity of the body of Christ. When that doesn't happen, it gets nasty. When all of a sudden we're not protecting the body of Christ, we're protecting our own perspective, our own preference, our own wants or wishes rather than the the beauty of the bond of peace. And it's necessary that we uh, keep the unity or protect the unity of the spirit through the bond of peace. It's a very, very powerful perspective. I wanna give you a vision. I wanna give you just an idea of what the church might look like if we were a dance group. Now, there's one thing that's really powerful, and I wanna give this to you before you see this video. There's this theological idea called the Trinity. God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. I teach a, a, a theological class called Christian Thought, and I use this word called peri, uh, perichoresis. It, it means peri, means uh, <clears throat> dance, and choresis means circle, or choreography. I'm sorry, peri means circle and choresis means choreography or dance. So the circle dance. Now, one way to explain the existence of the Trinity is how these three entities just seamlessly work together. Seamlessly, never contradicting each other. My wife and I took a dance class one time and it was the worst thing that we could have ever done for our marriage. Honestly, it it was like... My wife and I had the biggest fight ever over that dance class because we couldn't, I, I, am, I have two left feet. I don't get and understand the dance steps and all that stuff. And, and she was trying to help me get my hand right and, and pulled her right. And I was like, you know, and, and it, was, it, was, it was not good. That, but dance is absolutely beautiful when it's in sync. And that's the Trinity. That's the beauty of of God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, moving seamlessly through our lives. And you'll see in this passage, it's one spirit, and it's it's the Trinity working in our lives. I wanna give you a view of that. Just take a look at this video and watch this dance club and the unity that you see in this club. That was great stuff. That's what we want to do. here. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) They're like, I'm out, I'm out. But if you see the synchronism, if you see the unity in the absolute effort that they're making, some of them are doing incredibly brave things, like really crazy, nutsy things. Um, But there's mutual trust. There's confidence. There's people that don't ever make a dance step there. They're just throwing people around. Um, that's a gift in all in itself. And that little guy that's just getting tossed everywhere, sometimes there's value in being little, right? I mean, there's, there's everything imaginable in that just that view of that dance that helps us understand the idea of unity and the idea of, of putting something together that is seamless, that is effort, that, that's full of effort, full of rehearsal, full of practice, full of uh, uh, strength and, and talent and ability. But what ends up happening from that, if you saw those people just amazed at what was going on. That's what happens when a church works together. That's what happens when a church says, I'm all in, I'm willing to do whatever it takes, I'm willing to make the effort and take the energy to become what I'm supposed to be in the body of Christ so that the body of Christ can function at its full potential. That's exactly what we're here to do. We make every effort to make sure that we're doing all we can to become what we can become. The unity of the spirit. We don't let our body divide. We don't let our body come apart. We don't talk about each other poorly. We don't gossip. We don't slander. We don't hurt each other. We don't, all of those kinds of things. We protect so that there is no division in the body of Christ. We keep bond of peace. I thought, I thought this, this statement was really uh, very, very helpful. You'll see it on the slide. It says, if there is war on the inside, then there is war on the outside. Now, I want to take a moment to make this super, super personal. First of all, this is true of us in individually. If there is war on the inside of me, I'm probably not a very pleasant person on the outside of me. If there's something wrong on the inside, if there's this battle, this this confusion, this conflict that's happening on the inside of me, then I'm probably not the most pleasant person on the outside. I know that's true for me. I know that when things aren't right on the inside of me, I'm not a very pleasant person on the outside. I'm full of tension. I'm full of anxiety. I'm I'm just not in sync. But man, when I'm at peace on the inside then on the outside, I'm a pretty pleasant person to be around. And I love that feeling. I love that, that sense of when things are okay. And I want to challenge you right now just to ask yourself where you are as an individual. What's going on on the inside for you? Because if, it's, if there's war on the inside, then there's likely war on the outside. You're, you're likely a porcupine that people, uh, it's, it's really cool to look at, but terrible to hug. And you want to have that, that peace on the inside. This passage of scripture says that we have one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God, and Father of all who is over all and through all and in all. There's just one thing that holds us together, and that's why we need to gather around. Not a man, not even, not even a, a, a group of people, but around our God. And when we come and we celebrate him, which is the goal of every Sunday, then we experience the beauty of what the glue is that holds us together and allows us to work together. Does that all sound good? So the person who is a a good group participant or a good mingler, if you will, is someone who's humble, gentle, patient, bearing with one another, making every effort to protect, keeping the unity of the spirit and, uh, and, and the bond of peace and bringing that peace to the body And uh, we're all gathered around one body, one spirit, Lord, faith, and baptism, and one God and Father. It's beautiful. It's beautiful. So what is the goal of community then? What is the goal? What's the end, end, the outcome, if you will, for a community? I think these next scriptures give us a very clear picture of that. It says, but to each one of us, grace has been given as Christ apportioned it. This is why it says when he ascended on high, he took many captives and gave gifts to his people. The first um, goal is to live inside of the gifts that God has given us. Everybody in this room has value. Everybody has worth. Everybody has significance. And we need to let that significance, that gift, whatever it is, come out and be used in the body of Christ. I believe that there should be 100% participation in the body of Christ for the body of Christ to be effective and moving forward. And you, you've, you've heard me say this before. The, the, the illustration of the body is critical because if, let's say, my, my hand decides not to do Uh, what it wants, what it should be doing, then I'm one-handed. And we call that disabled or physically challenged. And and we would say that that's not a healthy body. And there's lots of compensation that has to go along with missing a hand. Or or let's say my my leg decided it didn't want to work. Whoa. (laughs) Now my other leg has to work twice as hard. And likely what will happen is I'll have hip problems in my left hip because I have to compensate with my left hip because my right leg decided it didn't want to do it. And and in most cases, our bodies are not the best illustrations because not much of our body chooses to do something. It just does. Because that's what a body does. But in the church, we have people who choose not to get involved or choose to get involved. And, and here's, here's the value, is that when everyone's involved, it's a pretty easy effort. But when only the national average is 20% is involved, then it's a pretty, it's, it's a tough effort when not everybody's involved. And so our wish, our prayer, our hope for Volunteer Day next Sunday is that you would just say, I'll hang around and I'll discover where I best fit in the body of Christ. And not everybody's gonna do the same thing. That's the point of of the dance illustration is that not everyone does the same thing. Everybody has something different to do. Maybe there's two fingers that are are the same, but they're on different hands and they're doing separate things. And that's the power of the, the body of Christ. And so God gives those gifts. We don't. We get them from the Lord. And then those gifts are the abilities that you're given to make a difference in this world. And so that's the first goal, is as a community, we come together to discover our gifts and exercise them and use them for, the, for, for God's glory. It goes on in verse 11, it says, so Christ himself gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, and the pastors and teachers to equip his people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up. I love this passage because it's my job description. It's my job description as a pastor and a teacher to... Help you, help all of us have the tools that it takes. It says, equip his people for works of service so that we can do the works of service. I'm here to give you tools, opportunities, help you any way I can to be involved in the work that God has placed before us so that the body of Christ may be built up so we can grow. The expectation of being together is that we grow. as as we use our gifts. Once you do something, it's the expectation you have at your work. You go to work and you are hired to do something based on your skill set. If you do that job, the company should grow. That's the same in the body of Christ. And I don't know why we get that confused sometimes. But at times we, we need to look at it and go, I've been given gifts by God. To be involved in the church so that the church can grow. And growth doesn't just mean numerically, it means that we grow deep spiritually and it means that we grow wide numerically. Because when the church is healthy, people love the church. Gandhi was asked, What's wrong with the church in India, the Christian church in India? And Gandhi answered, Christians. Isn't that amazing? There's quite the spiritual insight from a guy that didn't believe in Christ, but at the same time had a perspective that, man, the, the problem with the ch- Christian church in India is the Christians, not the Jesus that they claimed to serve. So the goal in, uh, in the church is, or in mingling, is until we all reach unity in the faith. Verse 13, it says, until we all including, that that's all inclusive, that's all of us, right? Reach unity in the faith, this togetherness in the faith, this togetherness in believing in what Jesus is, is, is telling us to, to do. And so our acts of faith need to be in unity and in the knowledge of the Son of God so that we're growing and understanding who Jesus is and become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. So the goal the second goal is reaching unity in the faith. The third goal is to become mature. As we mingle, we should be growing up. We should be getting stronger, more mature. And that's, that's an expectation. I don't know about you, but I, ha- I grew up in a church that I was always told to uh, never sin, but I was not told what I should become. And uh, I, I, feel, I feel like I, I lost out a little bit on that because I didn't like the church because of that. And so what, what we need to become, what the goal is, is to become more like Christ. It says in verse 14, it says, then we will no longer be infants. Aren't you excited about growing up? You know, as a child, there's this, this phrase we use, when I grow up, I'm gonna be a firefighter. I'm going to be a nurse. I'm going to be, you know, they have this, this model, this image of what they want to be. And um, the church oftentimes will allow people to just be childlike forever. Not growing in their faith, not exercising their muscles, not becoming uh, stronger in who they are in, in Jesus Christ. And that just can't be acceptable based on what the, the Bible is telling us. That when we become unified in our faith, when we understand who Jesus is and we become mature, then we will no longer be infants, tossed back and forth by the waves, blown here and there by every wind of teaching and by the cunning and craftiness of people in their deceitful scheming. We will grow up. That's exciting to me. I'm 58 years old and I have thoroughly enjoyed growing up. I don't want to go back. I I want the body of a 22-year-old, but I don't want to go back to what I didn't know then. I don't want to go back to what I didn't understand. I don't want to go back to not having kids and not having grandkids. That's amazing stuff right there, and it's all part of growing up and becoming mature. And I'm not saying I've achieved maturity, that I'm the, the model of maturity, but certainly growing up then he ends this passage of scripture and he says instead speaking the truth in love i love that statement speaking the truth in love i love telling the truth i used to not tell the truth thinking that i was uh holding uh keeping someone from being hurt and what i realized is when i didn't tell the truth um i wasn't i wasn't being loving when I thought I was keeping peace by not telling the truth, e- even to my wife, there are times where I was not agreeing with her, but I'm like, okay, don't, don't, don't disagree with her. And if I didn't disagree with her, then I was keeping the peace. But really what I was doing was um, withholding my emotions, my feelings from her, and we didn't have a chance to work it out. And so I learned that I need to tell the truth in love. And in that love, the idea is to be redemptive. The idea is to be together. The idea is to be unified. And when that happens, it's really, really powerful. Instead, speaking the truth in love, we will grow to become in every respect the mature body of him who is the head, that is Christ. When we become like Jesus, church, when we become like the the, the Savior who, who redeemed us, the Savior who loves this world, the Savior who... Um, ha- had, had uh, dinner with sinners, who was willing to um, touch the leper, who, wh- wh- which was, would make him unclean in that culture, but instead he made them clean. When we become like that Jesus, there's no stopping the church. There's no stopping the church. We become like him as we grow up. From him, the whole body joined and held together by every supporting ligament grows and builds itself up in love as each part does its work. We become an amazing group of people that can dance like that. That can dance like that. That can move seamlessly as a group of people and make a difference in this world because we become like Jesus. Why do we need to mingle together? Why do we need to spend time together? Because I believe that one, it creates acceptance for who we are in Jesus. I think there's so many of us that need to hear, I love who you are. I love that, you're, that God made you the way you're made. You're a part of this group. Come on, your value is so important to our church. Your value is so important to our group. We need to be together to hear that and to express it. We need to be encouraged to be healthy. We need to be told the truth in love. And you'll never get healthy unless you're, you hear that. Never, you're never gonna get healthy unless you understand that, that there may be something's wrong. Somebody else can see with fresh eyes what you can't see in your own life. We're encouraged to be healthy. We need to mingle because it defeats being alone. Maybe you walked in here today and you're feeling like, man, I'm lonely, I'm all by myself. I'm all by myself in this life. I hope you didn't feel that, but if you're feeling that, that's why we need to be together. That's why we need to mingle. It challenges immaturity. It celebrates diversity, excuse me. It cares for each other. It gets the mission done through works of service. We need to be together. When I, um, I've told this story a little bit. 15 years ago, well, 17 years ago, I had a, a, a meltdown. A personal meltdown of anxiety and depression. I had to get out of ministry. I could not function. Could not function. My, my daughter's here. Both of my daughters are here. And remember that because we ended up moving from a very comfortable place for them to uh, a, an unknown place. And it was the people in my life. It was that circle of friends in my life that is they're the only reason I'm here today. They're the only reason I'm alive. And I mean that genuinely. There was a, a moment in my life where I was like, nope, this, I'm not going to live like this. I'm not going to stop living because I can't imagine living like this. And had I not had my, my faith, my wife, my friends, some doctors in my life, had I not had some generous people in my life that were willing to help me pay for everything that I couldn't pay for. All of that, those were people I mingled with all throughout my lifetime. And when I came to that very, very painful point in my life, I said, I don't know what to do. My friends, the people I mingled with, the people I shared life with said, Ricardo, we are here, and we're gonna take care of you, and you're gonna come out of this and you're gonna be completely healthy. And today, I am absolutely 100% healthy. And I say that, I, I, I don't wanna over-dramatize it, but I wanna emphasize the need we have for each other. The need we have to be in a group, a, a journey group, a, a group of friends, a group of people. Um, I, and, and here's the great thing, All of those friends are very, very close to me today. When i hit a bump in the road or when I hit a struggle moment or when I'm going through a question that I can't answer, they're the first people I call. And what I love is that I'm I'm slowly growing into that kind of relationship with many of you here and love the idea that I know that if something went sideways in my life, I could call on you. And you would love me, you would tell the truth in love, you would help, support, pray, all those kinds of things. And that's what we need. That's, that's what we're building. And what, what that does is create an environment in which people from uh, the outside look and go, man, I want to be a part of that. And even more so, you want them to be a part of that. Because what you're getting, you want for your friends. What you're getting, you want for the people around you. And, and that, that experience is why we mingle Why we need to become more like Jesus. If you're humble, if you're gentle, if you're patient, if you're willing to bear with one another, if you're willing to make every effort to protect the unity, if you're involved in letting God work through you and protecting, bringing the bond of peace, then you're a candidate for a journey group member, for an opportunity to mingle with other people. And I just want to encourage you, it's not going to happen without a commitment to make it happen. It's not going to happen by going, oh, I'll be a a group member someday. As soon as somebody, um, as soon as I find the group and you don't look for the group, it's not going to happen. You got to reach out. You got to touch or you got to let somebody know I would have never gotten the help I needed had I not made phone calls, had my wife not made phone calls. That's what mingling is all about. It's about the, the doing life together and doing ministry together, reaching this world for Christ together. We're not gonna do it alone. We're gonna do it together. Amen? Amen. Amen. Let me put it in just uh, maybe easy terms for you to walk away with. Being in a healthy community means that you gather in unity, that you guard the bond of peace, that you grow in maturity, and that you give in works of service. It's that simple, it's that simple. You gather in unity, you guard the bond of peace, you grow in maturity, and you give in works of service. That's what we do together. And so that's the value of mingling together and and spending time together is we get to do that together. And when we do,